I love wiffle ball. No other way to explain it. Just something about the game. The feel of the grass. Smacking that ball all over the field. Making plays. Diving head first, whatever it takes to get the job done. That's what wiffle ball means to me. Striking out grown men. Watching their knees buckle on a call third strike. Set out, bud. And then, of course, the home runs. The base hits. The big, big home runs at the big moments. That's a whiff of greatness. Join us all season long for the Joe Aguirre story. A CMG podcast. Welcome to Sports Talk with R and J. I am Steve Risser along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And uh, before we get to get to all the news this week in, in sports, we got to talk about what happened in uh, Minnesota, unfortunately, on Sunday night where uh, Dante Wright was uh, was shot, uh, 20 years old. Very, very sad, very sad, uh, sad. And this comes 11 months after uh, George Floyd was 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 killed as well. So it's just very, 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 very sad, sad times right now. In, in 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 Minnesota, just really 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 sad, and it's just it's just it's just hard, you know. It just shows you we really haven't gotten to where where we think we we've gotten to. It's just it's just sad, and uh, I, the Wild, the Twins, and the uh, the Wild, the Twins, and 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 the Timberwolves responded on Monday, uh, postponing their games. And you heard comments from Kevin Durant saying uh, he he doesn't know what's going on right now. And uh, and Jalen Brown said after the game that your life has value. As Af- our lives have value as an African Americans, and then uh, Josh Okoge says there's been 11 months since George Floyd, and there's been no change. So just a crazy, crazy situation in Minnesota, and it's just, it just, it just feels like things are just not turning around right now. Yeah, for yeah, you know, unfortunately, it was a you know very sad incident what happened the other night with um, Dante Wright. Yeah, you know, it, you know, it's unfortunate because I know you know people have been trying to change everything and tr- trying to bring more awareness to it. So. Um, yeah, it's, 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 you know, it was a very unfortunate story. Yeah. We got to try to figure out you now how to, how to stop this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you know, there needs to be action taken. This is unacceptable. This cannot be happening. This is just, this has continued to happen and it just, it just, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. And, and, uh, it, it, and we've heard many athletes speak out about it. Coaches speak out about it. We heard Steve Nash speak out about it after the game yesterday i mean it's just it, it needs to stop and and uh, and i mean it's just it's crazy and it's it's really bad and it's just it's got to stop you know yeah 100 percent. you know um yeah because it's it's not right you know it, it's it's not it's not right it's an awful thing it, it's got to stop and, and you know is it you know you know how do we bring more you know awareness around it and for the play you know um is it you know it really hasn't helped for you know this cause you know when the, the protests happened back in you know july when the nba when all four sports kind of shut down for a day or two to kind of bring more awareness to so yeah you know um it, again hopefully you know we can all kind of learn from all this and hopefully yeah you know it, it, it stops you know because yeah it's, it's not right not at all, not at all. And right now, there's a curfew in Minnesota. Uh, and that's why that's why the uh, the games the games are early. That the Timberwolves are playing early again today against the Bucks. They played early against the uh, 
Nets yesterday. The Red Sox and Twins are playing a doubleheader early, so well, still there's two. Yeah, they're out there playing it. Too. Yeah, so yeah, you still have curfews in in, in Minnesota, and uh, it's just it, it's just awful. It's just it's just absolutely it's just absolutely terrible what's been going on right now, and we just hope it stops. One hundred percent. Yeah, you know, hopefully it stops. Hopefully, you know, we can we can you know move hat. Yeah, uh, you know, hopefully there's no more you know incidents like this. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So, getting into sports news, though, is we got to we got to get into a big big story with the Patriots. Uh, Julian Edelman retired or had his contract voided on Monday. And uh, looking back at his career and what he was expected to be, I mean, this is an amazing story. I mean, seventh round pick, a quarterback out of Kent State. I mean, and the guy, you know, he started out being like a special teams guy, pretty much like a punt returner for his first uh, three, first four years with the team. Uh, played some slot corner. Remember in that 2011 season when they got to the Super Bowl, played some played some slot corner, played a little bit of receiver. And then when Wes Welker uh, didn't get re-signed, they, they, when he went to the Broncos, he became Brady's go-to guy. I mean, 2011, 2013 was a, a surprise. He had over a thousand receiving yards. Had a really good year in 2014. Had a really good Super Bowl against the Seahawks. We all remember in that playoff run that touchdown pass he had to Danny Amendola uh, against the Ravens. Uh, you go back to you know 2016. Probably the best moment of his career was when he made that um, and made that great catch in the, in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, one of the best catches I, I, outside of David Tyree, probably one of the best catches I've ever seen in the Super Bowl. And I remember his Super Bowl performance in 2018 was outstanding. I mean, he was the biggest reason why the Patriots won that Super Bowl against the Rams. So he had, for what he was expected to be, he had a great career. I mean, normally his career would be considered, you know, a very good career. But for what he was expected to be, he had a great career with, with, with the Patriots. And uh, But – as, as the, the, the big question is, is is he a Hall of Famer? In my opinion, I'd have to say no. And the reason I would say no is, is he had he, he had only had three seasons of over over a thousand yards receiving with the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, he didn't have any no Pro Bowl appearances. No, he wasn't. He was never an All Pro. And the one season he missed with that torn ACL, the Patriots still didn't get to the Super Bowl. And Brady threw for five hundred yards in that Super Bowl. So I think it's I think I actually think it's a pretty easy answer. I would say no to him being a Hall of Famer. But Justin. As a Patriot fan, talk about Edelman's career and your, what, what that career meant to you. And is Edelman a Hall of Famer in your opinion? I'll start with, you know, his career, yeah. Um, again, guy drafted seventh round, yeah, 2009, his quarterback. Belichick kind of called him said, you know, we don't know what to do with you yet, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure out what, what, what you know, where are you going to play for us? You know, it was, yeah, he was a great returner. You know, sat behind Welker. It's a back kind of back of slot receiver. You know, I was worried when we didn't resign Wes Welker. I, you know, I didn't know what we were going to do that position. And, and Julian Edelman came in and really calmed all of our worries. Yeah, he was great. You know, I, you know, Edelman was my, one of my favorites. You know, because especially you know when I really, actually, really got to know the NFL. You know, really started to watch it. You know, kind of the core of Brady, Edelman, and Gronk. And you know, Edelman was one of my favorites. Um, he, you know, he was so close to the playoffs and anytime, you know, they need a big play at, you know, Brady would give it to Edelman and, you know, you, you knew he was going to make a big play out of it. So, um, he's a great Patriot. That guy, you know, worked his tail off. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, and the needs were, it was an issue for him, but he's one of my favorite Patriots. It, it's, you know, he's a leader in the locker room. It's unfortunate, you know, how it comes to end with the knee. Um, but he is one of my favorite Patriots and, you know, I'm going to miss him. He's second, you know, talking about the postseason, he's second all time in, in, um, 
in the you know in 19 postseason games he's caught 118 passes. I mean, it helps that he it helps that he had Tom Brady though. It does. Yes, yes. It does, but still, you know, he he made some big play, you know, make big catches and big moments. You talked about that Super 2018. Uh, We have 10 catches, like 140 yards. So, like, you know, again, he was really the only, you know, wide receiver that really could get going in that game, you know. Um, So, yeah, um, just a great Patriot. Definitely going to be a big loss to to this locker room, to this team. Um, And and he just loved everything about Boston, you know, he – you know, he's always posting too about the Red Sox, the Celtics, the Bruins. You know, he was just a huge Boston fan. He really, you know, he re- grew in he, the city. Because, yeah, he really embraced being in the city. Yeah. He really embraced that. Yeah, for a kid from West Side, California, you know, going all the way east, he did. But um, I think I am the only Patriot fan that probably says he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. And it's just, it's the regular season numbers you talk about. He was not on any Pro Bowls. He wasn't, you know, he didn't even make like the all decade team for wide receivers. He made the Patriot decade team, but that's a, you know, that's it. You know, I don't think he was on any like um, all pro teams either. So it, it's, you know, the postseason numbers are great, but again, that only goes so far, you know, like, um, and that's why I don't think he is going to be in the Hall of Fame. He had a heck of a career. He was a great postseason receiver. Um, yeah, you talk about that 2012 moment. That's, you know, one of my favorite plays ever watching. You know, I, I love trick plays. And when they ran that, that was, that was great. Against the Ravens? Yeah, against the Ravens. You know, that's one of my favorites. But, yeah, you know, he's only behind Jerry Rice in the catches for the postseason and, and receiving yards. But, um, it's yeah, I think he's 75th all time in, like, receptions. Like, it's just. You know, I, I don't think you can because the regular season numbers, unfortunately. I would love to, I you know, look, I, you know, I would love to see him make it. But, yeah, I, I just don't – I don't see it happening. I think, you know, the postseason numbers only go so far for him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it, I, I think – I actually think it's, it is – it is like I said, I think it's pretty easy. I just don't think that uh, his regular season numbers were good enough. And uh, if you – and I never thought of Edelman as a – and I, I never even I never came close to thinking of him as a top five receiver. I never even thought of him as a top ten receiver in his career. I always thought of him as, you know, that top fifteen, that really good slot receiver, top fifteen guy, but I never thought of him as a as an elite receiver in his career. I think a big reason Edelman had the career he had was because of Tom Brady. I mean that I mean, yeah, I'm not saying that Edelman wouldn't have been, you know, a good player in the league without Brady, but he never really proved that he could put up because he barely ever played without Tom Brady. He only played that he played like six games this year yeah. without Brady, but he never proved that he that he that he could that he could do without Tom Brady. So that's why I, I I think it's pretty easy that he's not a Hall of Famer. I mean, yes, he got everything he could out of his career. I mean, a lot of people when the Patriots took him in the seventh round in two thousand nine, a lot of people didn't even think he was even going to be he was even going to he might not even that he might not even make the team. I mean, the fact yeah. he was one of the key players on those three on those three championship teams with with Brady with with Brady and Gronk is amazing. It's it's absolutely phenomenal, but. I just don't think the Hall of Fame for me is you got to be, especially as a receiver, you got to be top five of your position for at least uh, three to four years. And he wasn't even, honestly, in my opinion, he wasn't even close to top five of his position. Uh, I mean, no offense, because he got all he could out of his career, but he was never, he was never, you know, top five in his position. To me, in my opinion, he wasn't even top ten in his position. So it definitely is a, it's, 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 it's an obvious answer for me. No, but still. He's a Patriot legend. I mean, he'll be he'll obviously be in the Ring of Honor in the next year or two. I mean, he's a legend in Foxborough. There's no doubt about that. And we got you back, Justin. 
Yeah, yeah. He's he's a legend. Yeah, he's gonna be a total legend. I I totally agree. He's not gonna you know, unfortunately, be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I agree, you know. I mean, because Reggie Wayne's not even in there yet, and, and you know, or Heinz Ward's and, not even in there yet. And those two guys were really definitely good. definitely better than Julian Edelman. Yeah, and I I you know, and I yeah, and how much I love Edelman, I have to admit, yeah, he's not better than both those guys. So. You know, it just it's tough. Yeah, it's it's tough to see him get in. You know, most catches 105 for a year, but you know, this year, yeah, he only played six games. He had 21 receptions. So, you know, it's kind of hard to, to, you know, to really make a big assumption or, or you know how he could have been without Brady. But you know, he's 32, 33. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, you, you can't. I I thought of him. Maybe top – I kind of put him around top 10, top 15 at, you know, at his best in the league. But, yeah, that's the highest I, w- I would go, you know. You know, at first size two to play wide receiver, well, you know, it's not the – wasn't, you know, easy. But, yeah, it's I, – I, it's for me, it was a pretty easy call to kind of say he shouldn't. But I would love to say, yeah, he, he you know, he can be a Hall of Fame. But just, you know, how much he meant. But, yeah, I, you know, definitely will be in the Patriots ring of honor. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now, there is one other question, though. As we know with Rob Gronkowski, as he took a year off, said he retired, then he came back to the Buccaneers. Can you see the same with Julian Edelman? Can you see him maybe taking this year off and then heading back to Tampa? I don't think he would be as good as Gronk because I think his knees are done. I don't think he's, he's anywhere near the receiver he once was. But could you see him playing with Tom in Tampa in the next year or two? I don't think so. I think the only team he wanted to play, play for is New England. And I think he embraced Boston so much that he wanted to be a Patriot for life. Obviously, if he went to Tampa for a year, he'd still be a Patriot. But I, I don't see him kind of, tr- you know, go leaving New England. You know, I don't, I don't see him kind of retiring, going back. I think he wanted to be a Patriot all of, his, all of his career. I don't think he wanted to play for another team. So, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think he does – I think, you know, what he was saying, his wheels have kind of fallen off, and I think he – Truly believes that, and I, I think he wants to retire as a Patriot after this year. I, 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 you know, I'd be shocked if he comes back and plays for Tampa, but a little part of me says I, I could see it though. But I, I think he's done. Yeah, I mean, I think I actually think he's done. I just don't think he's the same player anymore. I don't even know if Tampa would even take him at this point. You know, that's mm-hmm. the thing. Because even with Gronkowski. He showed that 2018 season that he could still play. Yeah, he's not the he's not the tight end he once was, and wasn't. And last year was the same. He wasn't the tight end he once was. But he, with Tom Brady, he could still be that kind of player. Where he, where he could still be the player where he, he's not great, but he's still effective. He's still better than probably half the tight ends in the league. He's a good blocker. He's still a decent receiver. But with Edelman right now, I just think he's. I, I think I think he's done. I I, I personally I, I I agree with you. I, I think that. He's he's he, I think he's done. I, I don't think he, I don't think he's gonna. I think this is it. I think he's reti- I think he's gonna retire and, and not go back and play for the Bucks. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because he, he, you know, if it's true, you know, and he failed the physical too, it's like I I just don't think his knees are are there anymore. You know, who knows it? You know, look, I you know, I hope he gets healthy and his, his knees are you know, oh you know, are, are gonna be fine. You know, for you know, just kind of after football life, but. You know, who knows if he can even pass, you know, who knows what the true damage of his needs. Who knows if he can even pass the physical next year. Yeah, you know, like we don't really, really know. So, yeah, I just think he's done. I, I don't see him wanting to get any any more wear, wear and tear on him. Um, I, I think he knows it, too. 
Exactly, exactly. You got to be happy now that the Pats signed uh, Aguilar because they, they, they definitely needed a receiver. They, need, they definitely needed to get a receiver in free agency. But we got to move on to the NBA, and, uh, and coming up next, we'll talk about a major injury with one of the contenders in the Western Conference. But before that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast, Keys yes. to the City. I crossed up by Kobe, well, floated Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Quest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Thank you, Trevor and Ted. That is keys to the city. Every they, they do one, they do two shows a week. Usually, they do their second show on Friday, and they do one of their shows in the middle of the week. But uh, they'll be they'll be definitely be talking baseball, probably with Joe Aguirre. So be checking out Keys to the City this week. Uh, definitely check out their podcast this week. Uh, but on Monday night, a big injury happened in the NBA, and uh, as as the big story of that game though was for for most of that game, the story was how great of a game Steph Curry had. He had a uh, Curry had 53 points, had 10 threes, but late in the fourth quarter of that game, Jamal Murray was driving to the basket, and then 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 you saw him go down, and it was scary. It just it it was really really scary, and uh, it looked like a torn ACL to me, and it eventually ended up being a torn ACL, and it's just really really sad for the Denver Nuggets because this team was starting to cut, put it together. They're starting to play well with Michael Porter Jr. stepping up. You had uh, you know, Nicole Jokic. An MVP candidate, and then you got Jamal Murray. But now this Nuggets team is in is 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 not going to be the same without Murray. We saw how good he was in the playoffs last year. Yeah, he's not a top ten player in the league, but he still is one of the top point guards in, in the league. Just a really, 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 really tough loss for the Nuggets. And uh, in my opinion, I think they're they're going to slip. They're going to slip because of this. I think the Lakers are going to finish ahead of them, and I think eventually the Blazers are going to finish ahead of them. Even though the Blazers haven't played as well, I think they're going to finish ahead of them. I think they, I think the Nuggets, they get that number. I think they wind up the number. They're obviously going to make the playoffs, but I wind up. I think they're going to wind up being at number six seed, and then they go down the first round, either the Suns or the Clippers. I think this team is is one and done now with the loss of Jamal Murray. But Justin, I got a question. Uh, do you, do you think this team is still contenders? Pretty easy question. Do you think this team is still contenders in the Western Conference? No, yeah, unfortunately not. Um, I, I saw their odds too. So before Murray's injury, they were like uh, plus fourteen hundred to win the title. Now I think they're like plus three thousand. So I think it showed you. And you could and Jamal Murray last year in the bubble too. He was great. You know, um, he he had a, a great postseason last year. And yeah, you you lose your. I know they still have Jokic, but you know you lose you lose your second star in Jamal Murray. Uh, I'm with you. I think, yeah, they finished probably six. I think they still find a way to kind of finish where they don't have to be in the playing round. But yeah, I think the Suns or Clippers knocked them off in the first round. Um, you know, Michael Ford has been having a good year. You know, obviously joke it. They, yeah, they won eight straight, you know, before Sunday when they lost the Celtics. So they're, they're playing really, really good basketball. But yeah, I just, I don't see it without Jamal Murray. Um, you know, just yeah, there's 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 no way that they that they're going to be contenders in the Western Conference. Can they even win a playoff series? You think they're pretty much one and done, just like me? Yeah, I think they're one and done. You know, be, yeah. uh, the the way the Suns are, you know, the Suns have been good, really good this year. So I don't think that you know maybe inexperience of the Suns in the postseason, maybe they could knock them off, maybe. But 
I'd I'd be very very surprised though. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, that that would be the one series I think they might have a shot in is against the Suns. If they play the Clippers, they're going to lose in five with Kawhi and, and Paul George. The Suns maybe because they do have Chris Paul. Even though Chris Paul has played really well this year, he's not the scorer he once was. So if they do get into a seven game series with the Suns, maybe they'd be able to win that series. But really, outside of that, I think I, I think they're going to have a, 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 a big problem. They're going to have a big problem, especially without their starting point guard. I mean, Jamal Murray. Yes, he, I don't think he's as good as Jokic, but he's close to as good as Jokic. So. This is just a huge, huge, huge loss for the Nuggets. Yeah, hundred percent. Now, now, now you go to Ricardo uh, Campazoli. You know, Monte Morris are your two point guard now. It's a big down. You know, it, yeah, it's a big kind of landslide from one two. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. I could maybe see him being the Sun, but that's it. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I, I, I just can't see them. Uh, I can't see them uh, uh, w- winning another winning another series outside of that. I mean, I, I like Mike Malone as a coach, but I just don't I just don't see it happening. No, so, yeah. The, oh, sorry. Go, go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I would just yeah, I was just gonna say yeah. The Western Conference just they're just too deep. They you need that second star. You know, you need they need Jamal Murray. You know, I like Porter, but he's not a star yet. I think he can be, but he's not there. You know, um, again maybe then you know maybe without Murray he can become that star that everybody was thinking. You know, before the back injury of Missouri, but you know, I, I think, yeah, it, the Western Conference is just too deep. Yeah, I mean, with t- with teams like the Clippers, the the, the Lakers, the Suns, the Jazz, uh, the Blazers, uh, it's just too. It's just yeah, it's just it's just way way too deep for 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 them to make a run now. So yeah, it's it's just it's just gonna be brutal. Just I, I feel bad for Jamal Murray. He's, I really enjoy watching him play, and it's gonna be sad not to be able to see him in the playoffs. But this definitely is gonna result in the Nuggets season being over. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I think it's the second time. I think he heard he he tore an ACL two in two thousand twelve. So this is the second time. So it's unfortunate. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because he was fun to watch last year in the bubble, and I was looking forward to watching Devin again in the postseason, see if they could make a make another run. You know, to the to you know, or get you know get to the title this year. Or get yeah. Yeah, because the last year, remember, they got to the conference finals last year. I mean, they were they they upset the Clippers, got to the conference finals, lost the Lakers, but still, I mean, yeah, I mean, we were looking forward to seeing what they could build on it. And I would have said if those three were together, Jokic, Murray, and Porter, they could have definitely surprised some people in the playoffs. But now they they just have no chance to. Yeah, well, yeah, oh, yeah, I agree. You know, and, and last year too, they came back in that first round. They were down. Weren't they down three one in the Jazz? They three one. No, they're at three one of the Jazz and down three one of the Clippers, and they came back yeah, and won those series. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was a team that you know kind of been able to pull out. You know, when they're kind of when you know you kind of seem like they're done. Then they've been you know last year they kind of pulled a couple of surprises out, but the comeback with the Jazz and Clippers. But yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't see it this year. It's un- it's unfortunate because that team. Yeah, they. You know, obviously. Would have been tough to beat the Lakers, but they, they, you know, they had a shot last year. They, I feel like they played a pretty good six-game series against them. Absolutely, it went uh, five games. The Lakers five, series sorry, went five, yeah, but yeah, it was a competitive series. It was a competitive series, but yeah, it just it's 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 it, it, it's tough to see this happen to any player. It's just tough to see, but that's one team that you know, Jace's Utah Jazz don't have to worry about in the Western Conference now, so. We'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening there. But moving on to the Eastern Conference, we got a big matchup tonight in Philadelphia as the 37-17 and 17 Brooklyn Nets face the 37-17 and 17 Philadelphia 76ers. And this is going to be a really intriguing game. I, I think, you know, 
Joel Embiid's been outstanding this year. You saw the game he had on, on Monday night against the Mavericks, uh, uh, at, uh, getting 36 points. And ben Simmons is re- – I'm not the biggest Ben Simmons guy, but he's really good defensively. Uh, and uh, you, you obviously got Tobias Harris there too. Uh, Kuzma uh, – Frank uh, – what's his name? I can't remember. It was the K. He was really good the other night coming off the bench, too, against the Mavs. So I think the Sixer team with Doc Rivers, he's really changed the culture. Yes, I think the Nets with their top three guys are clearly better than them. But tonight, I think they had a very good chance of winning because it looks like Kyrie has, has, Kyrie has a good chance of not playing. And we know Harden's not playing. So I think this is going to be a really, really competitive game. I think the Sixers' defense is going to be the difference. I think it's going to be a really close competitive game. But I think the Sixers are gonna are gonna win this game and get their second win over the next they go over the Nets this year. And if they win this game, they're gonna get that tiebreaker for the number one seed. So if they wind up tied, the Sixers will get the number one seed. And the number one seed is big. People forget in the Eastern Conference, number one seed is gonna be big because you pretty much avoid having to play Milwaukee in the second round. Yes, Miami might might be tough, but they're not they're not the team they were last year. So the, the number one seed is big because you want to avoid playing that tough series against Milwaukee in the second round. That's why I think this is one of the bigger NBA regular season games tonight. Yeah, you know, um, it, uh, right now it, it definitely is. It's a tiebreaker, you know, winner kind of, you know, has a really good chance of getting that one seed. Um, both teams have playing well. You know, I know the Nets played the Timberwolves yesterday, blew them out, but, you know, uh, Again, it's, it's, it's you know with Embiid, it's in um yeah Embiid right now definitely up there for the MVP title, um and I love you know it's I, I'm looking forward to too. Well, I know I know two of the stars aren't gonna be there for for the Nets, but you know Philadelphia defensively they've been really fun to watch, um and then obviously with the Nets with all the scoring they have, you know Joe Harris I think had 24 yesterday. Again, they're gonna need him to have a big night to be able to knock off the 76ers. You know, Tobias Harris is another really good shooter. Um, I, I think he could have a big game. I, I think the Sixers will be able to put up some points against the Nets, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Sixers will be able to beat them. I don't – you know, what are Kyrie's personal issues? Is it is it what happened the other day or is it – I think it, I, I think it was what happened the other day. I think yeah, okay. just, it's, it's just – it's just, and here's the thing about Kyrie Irving. The Nets are lucky he's their third best player because it's so tough to build a franchise around Kyrie Irving. I mean, in Cleveland, before he had LeBron James, he couldn't make the playoffs. Then he gets LeBron, he wins that championship, he hits that huge shot in that in this in the finals. But then in 2017, doesn't talk to his teammates during the postseason and wants out of there. Then he goes to Boston, gets hurt. The team is actually better. The, the, the team is one game away from winning, from getting to the NBA finals without Kyrie. Kyrie comes back the next year. They they don't even come close to getting to the NBA finals. So you don't want Kyrie being your number one player. The Nets are very, very lucky that Kyrie Irving's their third best player. Yeah, because I, you know, I, I wanted to make sure because I, I think at some point, because yeah, this is a huge game. You know, obviously Minnesota, you know, they could have, you know, they absolutely destroyed them without them. But you know, you're playing for one seed. You know, I, I think you got to kind of, if you're KD or James Harden, I, I think you're you got to be upset that that you know big game. And now, if it's what happened Sunday, okay, but. You know, okay, I, I understand, but still, I think you for a game like this, I think you, you know, does he, you know, like, because I think too for the Nets organization, it's like, you know, we're paying you thirty six million dollars a year, dude. You know, can you, you know, can you get on the floor? You know, we're trying to win a title here, but if it's what happened Sunday, okay, I get it, but you know, at, at some point soon, you know, they need these guys on the floor. I don't, 
I, I'd be kind of upset if I'm the, I'm the Nets, though, because it's like every few weeks, though, he goes off and has some personal issue, personal reasons he's off for. So I don't know. I'd be getting fed up if I'm the Nets about all the about all the personal kind of takes he takes, you know, personal reason takes off because it's going to affect them if they lose this game tonight. Yeah, you could be a two seed. You know, you have yeah. Kyrie, you could be out there and be one. But, yeah, they could but, be I think the, but I think the feeling with the Nets is, is as long as they have Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden playing in the playoffs, there's no one that could beat them in the East. And I and I actually believe that. There's no one that could beat them in the East. But the thing is, they've only played seven games together and, and a whole. So chemistry could be the thing that holds them back. But I just think they're too talented with those three to be beaten if those three played, if those three are together. Yeah, no, I'm with you. You know, um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think anybody in the Eastern Conference can knock these guys off. Um, it'd be tough for any Eastern Conference team to knock them off, but there's two of them out there. I, I think so. Yeah, I worry about the chemistry because it's, you know, how, you know, playing seven games. I know, well, and then I know they have Joe Harris too. So it's like they, they have enough scoring. You know, they could kind of, but. Yeah, you worry about these guys not being able to play together because, yeah, I know the you know the seven games they played together, they played pretty well. They weren't ball dominant. They weren't you know it. They was a good you know they played well. So I'm not too worried, especially in the Eastern Conference. Like it's you know maybe a team could beat them once or twice if they just have a rough day. But I don't see anybody knocking them off before getting serious in this conference. No, no, it's just so hard with it with a team with a team that's talented, but. The three got to get together. They got to play together for the playoffs because if they somehow don't get Harden back, I think this team's in trouble. I think Harden might not be their best player, but he's their most important player because he's the guy that that, that I think he's the guy that makes everything go. I think he's the guy that penetrates and gets and kicks the ball out to the guy to, to guys like Joe Harris, and he kicks the ball out to Kyrie. He makes everything go. You got to have Kyrie, you know, you know, be the ball handler. You don't know how things are going to wind up going. So I think and Durant, as great as Durant is on both ends of the floor, he's not as good of a ball handler as James Harden is. So I think James Harden is the guy that makes everything go. And you see how bad Houston's been since they've lost James Harden. So I think Harden's the guy who who, who makes this thing go. So I think if they don't, I think I think the biggest loss for this team would be if they don't have James Harden. I think that'd be even bigger loss than having Kevin Durant. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, because you know you look, you only watch a player. You you look at the box score. It's like Harden's got like thirty-two, you know, eight rebounds, and like sixteen assists. It's yeah, you know, because yeah, they have so many scores out three, you know, they could shoot threes. He's driving and kicking because you know you got a double team if he gets in the paint and then you know to stop his drive and then yeah, somebody's open. It seems like the Nets got three or four guys on the floor that could shoot the three ball, and one of them's gonna be open, and he you know they knock it down so. I, I do think Jay Tariq, you know, um, is their most important. Yeah, I know Kyrie, I think they're good because I know Kyrie said he likes playing off ball. So that, that helps even more because, you know, relaxes him again. It's probably not the guy they leave open, but, you know, one time, yeah, he could be kind of wide open. And he's a great shooter. And KD, and KD, you know, the first game he came back, you know, last week, he was like, what, eight, eight for eight from the field? Like, he played really well, you know. Yeah, he's not a great ball injury, but he can still score at, at will. So, um, yeah, it's, it's such a dangerous thing. And then look at even LaMarcus Aldridge is playing really, really well. You know, he's giving another big guy. So, some more yeah, stuff. How about him and Blake giving them help off the bench? Yeah. So, it's definitely a very scary team. It's pretty much unfair right now with the, with the Nets have. If all those guys play on the floor and are healthy, it's just it's not even fair. 
Absolutely. And looking at the Sixers, this is a huge opportunity for the Sixers. They, I think, I think this is more of a, this is definitely more of a must win for the Sixers than it is for the Nets. Cause you, if you play the Nets in that, in that seven game series, you want to get that home court advantage. You want, even though there's not a ton of fans, you want to be in Philadelphia. And uh, for the Sixers this season, Doc Rivers has just changed the culture here. I mean, he's just, the team's playing great defense. Joel Embiid is playing. He's having the best season the center has had since Shaq. That's why he's an MVP candidate. I don't love Ben Simmons, but obviously he's playing good defense. Tobias Harris has played well. Uh, Danny Green's been able to hit threes too. So I, 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 I like, I like it. Shake, they got Shake Milton coming to the bench as well. They're deep. They got Dwight Howard coming off the bench. They, their depth has improved. I think this team has really improved. I mean, they've definitely surprised me and improved this year. And this is obviously a game that they need. To, this is this is a huge game for them. They need to win this game more than the Nets because they need that home court. And, they, and in my opinion, they need to avoid the Bucks. Yeah, well, definitely. You know, the section under Dockers, they've been great. And yeah, you know, to get home court to be able to have a chance to gain side because they're 20 and five at home. They're always great at home. And, and the Sixers always struggle if you like on the road. I think they're right around five. They may be a game or two over 500 on the road, something like that. So, yeah, it's huge. They're a much different team at home than they are on the road. So, I completely agree. It's such a big game to be able to get home court advantage. Yeah, who knows how many fans there could be in June or July whenever these conference finals happen. Um, but yeah, you would love to kind of have that little bit of edge, you know, in a, in a, in the Eastern Conference Finals against it, against the Nets. Who do you got tonight? I got the Sixers in a really low scoring game. I'm going to go 105, 102 Sixers at home in a low scoring game. I think their defense, just like I said earlier, their defense is going to be the difference. Yeah, I got the Sixers at home. I think it's 106 to 100. I'll go, uh, Philadelphia. Should be interesting tonight. ESPN seven o'clock should be a, should be a great game tonight between those two teams. We got to get to a couple more NBA stories, and there was an interesting story with the Mavericks with the uh, Luka Doncic and Mark Cuban. You know, not not being fans of the play in tournament, and uh, and uh, Luka said after the game that he doesn't he thinks the play in tournament doesn't make sense. Cuban doesn't like. He said he Cuban also sh- shared his thoughts about the play in tournament. And in my opinion, I feel like the Mavs are being a little bit self serving here because they're the number seven seed. So they're, and they think that, and now they're a little upset that they got that because most years, obviously, because, because most years when you're the seven seed, you get to play the two seed and you're automatically in this year. The, how the playing tournament is going to work is the seven seed is going to play the eight seed. The nine seed is going to play the 10 seed. And then, and then, then if the seven seed beats the eight seed, they're, they're the seven seed. And then if, and then, if, and then the winner of the nine, 10 game plays the winner, the, the loser of the seven, eight game, uh, pretty much an elimination game to get the number eight seed. And then the winner of that game would be the eight seed. So it is weird how, how it works out. But uh, and I know that the Mavs aren't a fan of it, but let's be real. If you're the Mavs, you got you you got you got to you got to uh, you got to try to get the number six seed. You're only two games behind. I mean, you blew opportunities, you know, this week. You've definitely blown opportunities to get that seed. You've lost to, you've lost to a couple teams. They've lost the Bulls twice this year. They've they've lost the Hornets this year. Uh, they've lost they've lost the Rockets twice this year. Uh, so they've definitely blown opportunities to get that uh, to get that number six seed. So and they lost the Spurs the other night. So if you want to be that number six seed, you want to get out of that playing tournament, you got to take care of your own business. And with and and KP doesn't play has not played a lot of back to backs. He's barely played back to backs for this Mavs team. So you know he might have to play you know one of these back to backs to get out of this playing tournament. So and and there and there was a game. You know, during the year when they were in, in, in New Orleans where Luca Luke there was there was a stretch where they lost two games to the Pacers and they lost two games to the Pelicans where Luca didn't even play in, in either of those games. So I mean this is on the Mavs to, with 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 one of the best players in the game, and you have Christos Porzingis, you should probably be 
the numbers, at least one of the top six teams in the Western Conference. So you shouldn't really be complaining about playing in the playing tournament. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I saw, too, Mark Cuban actually voted for this. Like, he was in favor of this. So why is he complaining? Yeah, it's, you know, I, you know yeah, because they're a seven seed right now. That's, you know, he's, it's, yeah, they're complaining, you know, because they, they haven't taken care of business. And Luca, every time I watch Luca, too, he's always complaining about a call. So it doesn't shock me that he's complaining about this, too. Every time I, I watch him play. Um, but yeah, yeah, get out, you know, get out of the hole. You're only a game, they're a game and a half back now, the Trailblazers. So there's still what, like, you still have time here. So I don't, and you're only two back, and their schedule's not great. You're no, not their, their, their schedule's pretty easy. They got Cleveland yeah. twice. They still, they still play the Pistons twice. So their schedule's very favorable. Yeah, they still have, they have the Lakers twice coming up too at the end. Without, of the probably without yeah. LeBron and AD next week, and those are two huge games for them. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, there's their five-game homestand there right now. They got the Knicks, which, yeah, that'll be a tough one. Sacramento's quit. The Pistons they should beat. And then back-to-back in the Lakers, you know, uh, Thursday, Saturday against the Lakers, which they should win. So they should go 5-0 and all in this homestand. And, and who knows? Trailblazers will slip up once or twice. You're back in six. So, you know, they can get out of this hole really easily. So, yeah, I don't know why you're complaining. Just go take care of business during this homestand, and you can – Put your way out of that playing game. So I don't know why yet. Yeah, I don't know why you're complaining about it when you yeah, you still have plenty of time to play your way out of it. So it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense here why they're complaining. I don't like it, but don't vote for it next time, Mark Cuban. You know, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, if you don't want to play, if you if you don't want it, don't vote for it. I mean, now you voted for it. Now you got to deal with the fact that you have to play in it if if you're if 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 you wind up being the seventh seat. So that, that's what's going to have to happen if the Mavs finish, if, if they end up being the number seven seed in the uh, in the Western Conference, which I think there's going to end up being a pretty good chance they do because they don't have the tiebreaker with Portland. I don't think I don't think Denver. I think Denver's going to lose games, but they're not going to slip that far. And I do think the Lakers eventually are going to get AD back, and I think eventually they're going to wind up being ahead of them. So I do think the Mavs are going to finish with that number seven seed, but I do think they'll wind up getting in the body of the playoffs because I do think they'll win that first game, especially if they play if they're playing Memphis. Yeah, and they do. And they do play Memphis tonight too. Oh, they do. Okay, I missed that one. So there you go. Um, you could beat. Uh, hey, you, you know, you put yourself another game ahead of Memphis tonight. Um, yeah, I could see them. I could maybe see them finishing sixth, seventh. Like, again, it depends on how much you know Luca and, and Porzingis. I think play. You know, you were saying it. Porzingis not playing back to backs. Then yeah, maybe they're sitting there as a seven. Yeah, so they're. Four and a half back at Denver, so I don't think you know that they're going to be able to pass Denver in this amount of time. But you know, Lakers, yeah, they should be able to get healthy. So I think yeah, they finish right along that six, six or seven line. I'll, I'll, I think they get out of it. I think their schedule's not terrible coming up. So I, I think, think they can the get schedule's out of it. so favorable, but they have lost the games they should win. That's mm-hmm. the thing about the Mavs this year. Yeah, that's you know they they have. So that's what it does worry me a bit. About that, and if they already lost Tyreek to Portland, it's you know obviously that hurts them. But look, you know, you'd hope this complaining turns into actually them kind of taking the next step here and actually trying to get out of it instead of just sitting there and keep complaining. But um, you know, we'll see. I, I think they you know play out of it, and I think they get the. I think you know they could play their way into a, a six seed. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see what happens. 
But we got to get to another just a funny thing that happened yesterday. A little funny thing that happened yesterday with Anthony Edwards in his post game press conference. He said because we all know A Rod is going to become the owner of the Minnesota Lynx and the Minnesota Timberwolves. So A Rod and Anthony Edwards was asked about A Rod, you know, owning the team, and he's like, "I don't even know who A Rod is. I don't. I don't watch baseball." And I actually, in a way, because you know he's only 19 years old, mm-hmm. in a way, I believe him because A Rod retired in 2016. He didn't even play in 2014. A-Rod, you know, really the last time he was he was really that relevant was probably like maybe 2011, 2012. Really after the second steroid time he got busted for steroids, he really wasn't as relevant as relevant as relevant as he as he once was. So, and really when A-Rod was winning all those MVPs, he was he was only like 5, 6 years old. So, I actually believe it's crazy to think this. I actually believe Anthony Edwards that he do, didn't know who A-Rod was. Yeah, I could I could believe it. You know, and you're talking about I, I think it just shows where baseball's at right now as a whole. That's where I started looking at it. It just kind of shows how you know how irrelevant baseball is to a lot of people nowadays. But uh, I, I thought of it, yeah, that was pretty funny by it the other not knowing who Alex Rodriguez is. Uh, but I I thought it was a pretty sad state of affairs for, for baseball to, you know, because yeah, I know you know Edwards is only 19, but I feel like A Rod's a popular figure, though. Like I, you know, yeah, A Rod should be known by everyone. He's yeah. kind of a popular. You know, he plays baseball. He plays baseball. He should be a popular figure. But it shows the problem with baseball in, in urban areas. It's just, it's just baseball is just not big, unfortunately, in urban areas. I mean, the NFL and the NBA are just much bigger in those areas. And I mean, Hartford's trying this R, you know, this RBI program to revive baseball in inner cities. And they're doing a really good job of it. They're really working hard to try to get it back to inner cities. But baseball just has a lot of work to do to get to get fans in those in those urban areas to, to you know to embrace the game. And I think yeah, you came up with that. That's a good point there. Where baseball in urban areas is just not not it's just not big at all. Yeah, it's un, it's unfortunate. Yeah, and, and you know I didn't know about the Harper pro. So that's good for them. You know they're trying to build. Build it, you know, trying to get more, you know, teams. I remember my brother used to play in the districts, and they were always usually one of the worst teams in the district they played, you know, and unfortunately. So, yeah, you hope that they get kids to be able to come in here, you know, that want to play baseball, they get better, and, and you know, yeah, they, they start to like the game because, yeah, they're, you know, they're way behind it. It kind of really does show baseball where, where it's at right now, unfortunately. Being baseball fans, it's, you know, it – the sports, you know, the sports hurt and they kind of get their their top guys out there, you know. Absolutely. 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 And speaking of baseball, we're going to shift to that. And we have a guy who made franchise history and we got a surprise team in first place. But before that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. Red Sox fans have long to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Can you believe it? It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. Fires. Swing and a miss. Strike three. It's over. The Red Sox have won the world championship. Tune in to the newest show presented by Clovercrest Media. It's Obi's Backstop Podcast. Catch it twice a week, every Red Sox series finale on your favorite podcast platform. That is Ovi's Backstop Podcast. Check that out every week. Every week, Ovi Mooney, Sean Scanlon, they'll be talking everything Red Sox. Uh, giving and they, and they got a lot to talk about now because the Red Sox are playing so well. They're in first place at 7-3. And, and I was going to start with the Yankees, but 
because Jace had that promo about the Red Sox. We'll we'll start with we'll start with the team in first place. We'll start we'll start with the Red Sox and uh, right now winning seven in a row. Their offense has been outstanding. On Sunday, yeah, Devers hitting two home runs. JD Martinez hitting three home runs. JD Martinez right now is clearly the end. If you the MVP, I know there's a long way to go, but he's clearly the MVP in, in, in the American League. Uh, Rafael Devers has been red hot. He started out slow, but he's been red hot. You got a. Uh, Jander Bogart's hitting. He's not even for power, but he's hitting for a high average. Uh, you know, Pavetta's pitched well so far. Evaldi's pitched well so far. Uh, you know, the bullpen's been pretty good. Are we feeling like this could be 2013 all over again? I know I got I got getting ahead of myself. Where you know they didn't have high expectations, and this team, this team of kind of a bunch of you know a bunch a bunch of you know decent players, kind of, kind of not great players, but decent players, kind of came together and made this crazy run. Are we feeling like this could be 2013 over again? I'm not, I know, I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But this is, can we feel this? Could, the same thing could, ha, there could be a chance for the same thing to happen this year. I don't know. The way the Eagles are playing, it, it could be. <laughs> the Eagles can't get out of the slump. But if their pitching keeps, you know, going the way it is, I'm like Barnes and, and Adebino have, have been great. You know, they, they've been locked down 8-9. Um, Richards was better the other night, Saturday. I think he – Kind of settled down the other day after that. Yeah, because he was terrible in the opening start, but yeah, he was gone. really good. He was good against the. He was good in the second second start. Yeah, so he's better. I, um, Valdi's been good. Pavetta's pitched well. Um, I think Tanner Hoark's going to get a start this weekend at some point. You know, look if their if their starters can kind of continue the way they're they're pitching their lineup. You know, that's a, they had the best average um, last year in the American League for you know lineup had the best batting average last year, so. The line is going to be good. It, it, if their pitching can kind of somewhat keep them in games, it could be a team that could sneak up on, on in the American League East or in the wild card spot. So I could see it happening. And something I heard too, you know, um, was there kind of talking of, of, you know, Ron Renneke last year is kind of the substitute teacher. They're, where the, yeah, the guys they, they just didn't care. It, it was yeah. kind of like that Bobby Valentine year in 2012 when uh, they, they just they just had no respect for the manager. You know that you know in that locker room, this might not be the most talented team, but you know they got respect for Alex Cora. Oh yeah, one on you definitely, you know. And you kinda of, kinda of see it last year. They were kind of just they they weren't great, you know. They didn't really have, you know, much spark last year. You know, again, guys just let's know. be honest. After the first like for two weeks, I stopped. I stopped watching them last year. I, they were so irrelevant. I mean, obviously you did do the game, so yeah. you were you probably you probably knew what was going on. I stopped watching them last year because they were so irrelevant. Yeah, they got it. Yeah, they were eight sixteen to start. They finished five hundred. They finished sixteen and sixteen. So it's like they kind of figured things out a little bit, but you know they still weren't great. They still you know I don't think they had like a big run at you know where they strung off like four or five like what. It's, you know, I think the bullpen with the Barnes has been lights out, you know, Devers to the night, Saturday night, you know, with the bases loaded, made it a great, great play at third. He's had so um, many clutch plays this year. He had that big hit against the Rays, you know, a week ago. He had the big hit yesterday when they were up 3-2. He had to get them that insurance run yesterday, which they needed. So he's, he's been really clutch recently. He's been really clutch for them so far this year. Yeah, he has. You know, after like that first weekend, you know, Core kind of sat him down and they kind of figured things out. And he figured he figured things out. Um, and he, he's been better. You know, I think now he's got four or yeah, four straight games with a homer. Or he's got five home runs in the last four games. So he yeah, he's he's been on fire since. Um, yeah, he, he's been great. And then yeah, Martinez finally cooled off yesterday. I think he went over three or over four yesterday. 
Um, so they kind of signed some yesterday, but still, you know, he, bat, he was going in with batting 421 or something, you know, and with like nine uh, extra base hits. He's been on fire. It's just this lineup right now, it's just they're just clicking on all cylinders. And the bullpen's been great. It's a team right now, and I think and something too with Coro, um, it was Bobby Dolbach. He he ripped a shot. Um, yeah, he had a he had a bat. Yeah, he had a big he had a big hit uh, doll back yesterday too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And after the first at bat, I guess um, I don't think because that's in its show. I core kind of pulled him aside and was kind of pepping him, talking him up. And then again, yeah. Then you're talking late in the game. He gets a he gets a um he has a big hit. So it's like you know, core's kind of coaching him up. I don't think Brennicky did it either. Did, didn't really do a ton of that either last year. So I, I think they want to play for core. I think they love Cora and. and you know, he's been a great man, you know, so far, you know, that, that run they had in 18. I know 19 was kind of the West Coast trip kind of deflated him right off the bat. But um, at this team right now, I, I'm shocked to see them sit 7-3. They're the first team, too, since the 91 Mariners to lose their first three games and then the, um, win the next seven. So they're on fire right now. Absolutely, and you know you really haven't gotten what you think you might be might get it this year out of say of Chris Sale and, and Erod because Erod wasn't great in his first start on Thursday, but he's got it's still. I mean, he's coming. He's he didn't pitch for for over a year. You got Chris Sale coming off Tommy John. We'll see what ends up happening with with, with Chris Sale, but you know they're going to probably take him slow. But say you know you get Sale healthy in September, you get Erod back going. This team could definitely. I, I think I know we got a long way to go here, but this team definitely could be the surprise team. I mean, because remember, even back in that back in that when we were transition when they were transitioning in 2012-2013, their their issue wasn't hitting. They're they're hitting. They still were a good hitting team. They had Pedroia and they had Ortiz, and uh, they added Mike Napoli. They added Shane Victorino. Uh, they still were a good you know offensive team. The problem was was the pitching. But that year the pitching was good, and we all know the bullpen was outstanding because Koji went 48 for 48 in saves. Uh, that year, so if if the bullpen and the starting pitching can be good, I'm, I think this this is a playoff team. If the, if the, if the that's a big if because you know there's a long way to go and that's a big if. They, you can't you know overreact over a hot streak. I know they've won seven in a row. We can't overreact over a hot streak, but if the pitching and the bullpen can be good, this team definitely can make noise in the AL East. And and I think they're a playoff team if, if that happens. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's still obviously early, but you look at you know the Yankees are struggling. The Blue Jays are kind of. Right up around 500. Rays, know, same really, way, up and down. Yeah. Orioles, I feel like they won that. They, they luckily they can't. They, they they almost blew that game last night against the Mariners. But luckily they they they, they won that game. So they they've been. Yeah, I mean the the, the 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 series against the uh, the only reason they're I think they're even in it is that first series against the Red Sox. If they don't sweep that first series against the Red Sox. Their season would probably be over. But that's why they're kind of in it too. So their Sox are in first place, and everybody else in the AL East is kind of just just up and down right now. Yeah, and they they take advantage. Obviously, yeah, it's so early, and it's not like they have a six seven game lead, but they're yeah they're creating kind of some momentum here into the season, which definitely could help because yeah you know everybody kind of counted this team out. You know they're still a year away. Um, you know maybe they're around five hundred, but yeah, right now they've kind of created momentum and kind of hey they're they're trying to define their season of we're not you know we want to make a push for this thing. We're not you know. We're not going to fall out of the race like they did last year, pretty much right from the beginning. Um, so I could definitely, you know, if guys stay healthy, that lineup could stay intact and mostly healthy. It's a, and for the, you know, if the starters, yeah, they just, you know, get five, six innings 
each night. The bullpen just does their job most days. Yeah, then this is obviously going to be – it's definitely going to be a playoff team. And maybe they win the L, maybe. But, again, they're definitely at least they, they would get a wild card spot. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Looking at the road ahead for the Sox, too, uh, they, uh, today they got a doubleheader with the Twins. You got Nathan Avaldi against uh, Kate and Maeda. You got uh, you got uh, Eddie Eddie Rod. Uh, the second game you got Eddie Rodriguez against Jose uh, Barrios. Uh, tomorrow you got Garrett Richards against Michael Pineda. And then this weekend they got a they got, they, they got a four game series. It's just Patriots Day is on Monday. Yeah. So, so do you, are you working that game? No, Patriots Day. Now working Patriots Day now. But uh, yeah, they got the they got the this Patriots Day series with the White Sox. Is they got uh they got Pavetta going up against Cease. They don't have a starter for Saturday. Because of all the games they got with, in like, I believe all the that's going to be the game. Uh, Tanner Horak's going to pitch. I believe oh, oh, oh. that's going to be the guy. I believe that that's going to be that's going to be Horak on, on yeah. Saturday against the White Sox, and they got two more against the White Sox. They got uh, Martin Perez against Giolito on on uh, Sunday, and they got Evaldi against Rendon on uh, on on Monday. I do think this team's going to cool off a little bit. I think they. They don't get more of a split with. I think they. I don't think they do better than a split with the White Sox. I think they they go two and two with the White Sox. And I think even with the Twins, the next three games, I'm probably going to say because uh, Barrios is pitching in one of them. I I, I th- and Richards is pitching in the other one for the Red Sox. I'm probably going to say they lose. They lose two out of three. So I do think this team is going to cool off a little bit. I think in their next in their next uh, seven games, I think they go three and four. So I do think they cool off a little bit. But that is expected of a team that doesn't have great pitching. And uh, and and the team that was expected to be rebuilding, but still a great start for them. But I do think this week they cool off a little bit due to the schedule they're playing. The, the schedule they have those three games in Minnesota and the four games against the White Sox. Yeah, um, yeah, I see team three, four, three, four, four, three, somewhere right around there. You know, yeah, because you got two playoff teams. You know, you've already gotten the Twins twice here, um, and then yeah, you got a White Sox team that's definitely kind of a contender as well. In, in, BAL Central. So, yeah, you got kind of two teams that should be in the playoffs. So, I, I think, yeah, they do cool off a little bit. There's no way they can kind of stay on fire like they have been. So, I can I can definitely see them going like four and three, three and four coming up here in about the next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But we got to go on to the Yankees. And the Yankees have really been have struggling, have really been struggling so far to start the season. And really, I think a big story has been hitting with Rosen's scoring position. And a lot of guys just haven't had the years so far that they've expected to have. I mean, I mean, uh, Stanton, outside of that Grand Slam, hasn't been good. Judge, he missed a couple games. And uh, he hasn't been, he hasn't been that good either. Uh, Sanchez has been okay. He got that big hit on Sunday. Gio's been getting hot recently. Yeah, he, had a, he had a couple home runs. He had that big home run on Sunday. Uh, you have uh, DJ LeMay, who hasn't been as good as expected. Odor did get that big hit on Sunday. With hit they needed in that game on Sunday to get that win. To, to get that win. Uh, and then you then you then you look at the starting pitching, and really outside of Garrett Cole, the starting rotation has been a major question. The rotation's been a major question mark so far. Herman's already been optioned down uh, to their to their alternate their their alternative site. Uh, uh, Talon has not pitched well. He didn't pitch well last night. He was not great in the, in the start against the Orioles, so he hasn't pitched well. Kluber was not good against uh, in his start against uh, Tampa Bay, and Jordan Montgomery pitched really well against the Orioles. He didn't pitch as well against the uh, against the Rays. So starting pitching has not been as good. The bull, at least the bullpen's been pretty good, but it's just I think the hitters hitting and throws in scoring position and the depth of rotation have been the problem for the Yankees so far. And again, they're down two to one today against the Blue Jays. Yeah, Judge did hit a soul. I have it on. I'm kind of looking, glancing over every piece, but 
Judge hit a home run. Um, Kluber got out of a first and third jam in the first, but then gave up a two-run home run in the second inning. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where they're at down 2-1 right now. But, um, yeah, it's kind of – it's just – it's been kind of – you know, and I know it's a long way to go, but it, it's – you know, I'm kind of frustrated right now because it's like these are the reasons why I don't think they're going to be able to win a World Series. Because, you know, again, you – you, you know, we've seen it. You can't, you can't um, blast your way. You can't just hit home runs to your way to win a World Series. It just doesn't happen. And that's what worries me about this team. You know, obviously, I think LeMay is going to get it going. I think he's too good not to. Today, he kind of has an off day. But, um, and, you know, yeah, the rotation has been great. I guess the rotation outside of Garrett Cole right now is an ERA. Now it's not updated with the two runs they've been up today, but going in it was 6.2, um, 6.12 ERA. They've given up 22 earned runs and 32 and two thirds innings without Garrett Cole. You know, if you take out Garrett Cole, so that's not great. I want to say you know that I'm whole, you know I like Tyone. I remember in Pittsburgh. I think he's got good stuff, but. I'm trying to, you know, give him another start or two because it's been two years. Kluber, again, yeah, he's been two years too. I thought his stuff was really moving in that first game against Toronto. So I'm kind of hopeful those two get it going. And then, you know, Montgomery hopefully can kind of get it back together. Herman just, you know, just has not looked good at all. I would love to see Davey Garcia get a start or two. Or, or Michael yeah, King, I'd up. like to see him or, or him or King get a start. I I, I I definitely would. I think they need to get to get De- give Debbie Garcia a start. Yeah, so I'd love to see one of those guys get a start. And then for me, you know, and I was thinking about this too, and I wonder if they missed Luke Boyd because, you know, obviously it was bad, but also kind of just in the clock because he's kind of a guy, I feel like, too, that it just a, brings energy. You know, and I don't know if any, you know, I don't know if any of you guys really bring it besides, like, you know, like the way Boyd is with his personality. You know, they, they I think they do miss a Luke Boyd right now. Just, oh. you know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, and Bruce is not hitting at all. I mean, yeah, he had those two big hits. You know, the first we had that one big hit. He had one, pretty much one big, big hit all year with that two-run single he had against the Blue Jays uh, in, in the second game of the season. So he's really not done these. Boyd's not been really been that good at not, I mean, uh, Bruce has just not been that good at all because they've had to bring Odor in now to play second base and have Lemayu play first base. So, yeah, I, I'm not really, you know, I think that definitely is a loss for for them for for the Yankees not having Luke Voigt. It's it's obvious seeing how we played last year. And the, but the thing is with the Yankees though, the same issues that have been going on for years with this team, even back since 2017. Maybe we'll just go back to 2018, not being able to hit with runners in scoring position. And relying on the home run and depth of the rotation, it's been a problem for years, for a while for this team, and I, that and that's been definitely the reason why this team has not been able to make a World Series. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it's again, you're seeing it again this year. It just look, and I know it's April, and I know there's still like you know 150 games left, but you know if it's still the same lineup and the same rotation, that's going to probably be in September, October. I don't know how many changes, you know, last few years, Kazan really hasn't really made any big trades to kind of, you know, you know, towards the deadline. So yeah, it's like, you know, how can you trust this team to get to the world series with the way? Yeah. You know, they've they're tied right now with the most double plays ground, you know, they've grounded the most double plays. They're tied with the Padres at 14 already. Like, 
they can't even get the ball in the air right now either. It's everything's on the ground and, and it's just frustrating. It's yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing over and over. And um, you know, there's a couple. There's one Sunday with with um, Lemayhu. It's like okay, he's got to break out of this because you know he's great at running scoring position. He grounds an adult play, and it's just like wow, you know, it, it's just so uncharacteristic. But for the rest of the team, it's it's no surprise. But then last night too, it's like they run, you know, they've made mistakes too in the bases, and it's yeah, like, that Gardner, Gardner on Sunday, Gardner on Sunday getting picked on Sunday off. too. Yeah, that one too. It's just you know, the, you know, that's something that shouldn't happen after literally like your major league, you know, it just. It's yeah, it's the same issues year after year after year, and it's that's you know, again yeah they could be you know, big on you know favorites to win the American League, but the way they play you can't. It's not like 1950 where you can have Garrett Cole come back on one day's rest and, and give you another eight nine innings. You can't, I you wish, can't, pitch, but, you can't pitch every day. No, no. And that's that gonna be their kryptonite. You know, um, he, he's been fabulous, but you know everybody else. I, I hope. I do believe in Tyone to kind of get it going, and I hope – You're a Tyone guy. You're a Tyone guy. I like him, yeah. And I'm friends with a Pirates fan, so he likes Tyone too. <laughs> he thinks he's a good addition. So. He liked, he, what do you like about Tyone? I like his stuff. You know, he yeah, came yeah. up with Cole. Um, he's a uh, top pick. Um, I, I like his stuff. I like his movement. It's just – again, he's pitched, you know, before the year, 36 innings in two years. I'm trying – and. He's already gone through Tommy John once. He's battled cancer. It's like this guy's really has battled a lot to get to this point. So I'm rooting for him. I, and I, I think he can get through it. You know, I hate, you know, I know Yankee fans are booing him off the mound last night, which I didn't like. But again, I, I know that's that's Yankee fans, you know, per, perfection we need. But look, it's just, yeah, it's just, I, I'm starting to get very frustrated with this team. Yeah, I mean, and, and and this weekend's a big series this, with the uh, with with the Rays. I mean, if if you look at the, the road ahead, the road ahead for the Yankees, I mean, this week you got Jordan Montgomery going on Friday against Michael Waka, and they have the off day Thursday. So there's no excuse to say we played a bunch bunch of days. They have two off days. They got a five game homestand with two off days. There's no excuses not to not to even though the Rays and Braves are really good teams. There's no excuses not to with the talent on this team not to win three three out of five of those games. I, I think I would be very disappointed if they did, if we weren't sitting here. If we were sitting here on Wednesday and they and, and they didn't at least because they they would only play four of those games, so they didn't at least split those games. I'd be very disappointed. I mean, and I would want them to at least when maybe uh, you know us, uh, want them to go maybe you know four and one. But I think realistically, they probably would be three and two in that stretch for the Rays and Braves. As uh, Friday night, Jordan Montgomery goes up against Michael Waka. That that should be a win. Uh, you got the stopper. Great match, pitching matchup on Saturday afternoon. You got Garrett Cole against Tyler Glass now. That 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 has got that, that 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 we thank God we got the stopper going in that game because the, I think Garrett Cole is going to have a really good game against the Rays and then on Sunday you got your man Tyone uh, that's his name again Tyone Tyone yeah Tyone Ty, going up against uh, going up against Yarborough so you got to win two out of three you're only seeing you're seeing glass I know you're seeing glass now but you're seeing glass now against Cole so they very easily could lose that game so you got to at least take two out of three. Against the Rays this weekend, and 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 uh, and, and gang some ground at the AL East. One hundred percent, and just another update. Boba said just hit a solo solo home run, so it's three one now. But um, yeah, um, but yeah, you know, again, the Rays kind of got them again this weekend. You gotta assert your dominance against these guys. You know, at some point, 
Um, you would love to kind of get because you know Walk is he or Avery not sitting at seven. It's like you would hope at some point they can knock him off. Um, Saturday, Saturday's gonna be a tough one. You know, again, it's they're gonna have to establish tomorrow the game. So um, he called Doyle and, and they can do it. Sunday it's going to be a tough one if you are going to go. Sunday, you know, you're going to struggling. So, yeah, I think they got to be able to get out three other teams going on the road. Going to Cleveland. You know, next weekend. You got to get this home stand at least three and two. At least come back three and two. They need to do that. You got to start to get somewhat of a run here. Absolutely, I, I I I completely agree with you there. Yeah, they they have they have to get on they have to get they have to get on they have to get on a run. They got to they got to show that that they are going to be one of the dominant teams this season. I know it's April, but they really got to, they really got to start showing that. And this week would be a, this homestand would be a big homestand to show that. You go four and one, that would be huge. That'd be a huge way to turn things. That'd be a that'd be a big way to to show people that things are turning around. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, you know, going four and one. Yeah, you know, and yeah, it would it would show. This team's gotten gone better. The lineup, you know, you would hope gets, you know, gets to where we all think it's going to be. And you think, you know, yeah. you feel if the staff gets the best, it's like better. Passing, you know, look, like they just need the story to get to six, seven innings. Like and then the bullpen can take care of their job. So, the, like, you know, the rotation, yeah, you get them five, six, and seven innings. Well, they take their job, they can, they, um, yeah, you know, you feel good going. But, you know, you hope, yeah, four and one, it's, it's very possible. It absolutely is, absolutely is. So we hope the Yankees, you know, being Yankee fans, we hope they, you know, turn this thing around and start picking it up. We hope by next week we're being a little more positive about this team. But we got to get to something that's never been done in baseball, and that was Joe Musgrove on Friday night throwing a perfect game against the – no, no, I mean, no, sorry about that. No. A no-hitter against the Texas Rangers. Uh, the first no-hitter in the history of the San Diego Padres organization. And now all 30 organizations in Major League Baseball have had a guy to throw a no-hitter. So – a great accomplishment by by Joe Musgrave, Musgrove, and uh, and 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 here's the interesting thing about it: uh, he grew up in Southern California, idolizing Jake Peavy, and grew up a Padre fan. So, a really, really a great story, you know, for Joe Musgrave, for Joe Mus Musgrove. And you would think with uh, Tatis on the DL that uh, that uh, they'd be they'd be flying a little bit under the radar. They they got right back in the spot. They got right back into the spotlight Friday night. Yeah, yeah, he was great. Um... And yeah, it, it was a cool moment to see that, you know, being a San Diego kid to be able to, uh, you know, throw a no hitter, you know, the, it's crazy, you know, their first in team history. Um, it, it was a really cool moment for him. He was great against the Texas Rangers. Um, again, it's, you know, every time, you know, so, you know, the guy's getting closer, it's always much watch base, you know, much, much must watch TV. So, um, you know, he, he was fun to watch Friday night. Um, you know, it was great for him. And it feels like every time hits the Pirates trade a pitcher, where, wherever the next stop is, they turn into a superstar. Yeah, look at Garrett Cole. We Cole hope it's the same night. thing with we th yeah, Glass. We hope it's the same thing with Tyone. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. You know, you you hope, you know, he'll, he'll turn into a star at some point. You gotta give him some time here and then you know, must have looked better. You know, must you know he's been he's been lights out so far, so you know, whatever. You know, whatever the pitching coach or minor league director is doing down there, it's, you know, when do they get to a new spot? It, it, you know, they're great. So, uh, yeah, great, great story um, by Joe Musgrove. Get the no-hitter Friday night.
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, I mean, it was a good story to open up baseball. I mean, it, uh, hopefully, they, you know, baseball can promote a story like this and, and, and grow their game. But so, you know, because there wasn't really a huge moment in the, first, you know, in the opening week of the baseball season, but this was a huge moment with him getting the no-hitter. Oh, yeah, you know, it, yeah, just, it wasn't any too, you know, big thing, you know, not like, you know, um, so, yeah, it was, it was a cool thing. Yeah, you would hope baseball kind of, and that's the problem with baseball. They're, they're terrible at kind of promoting, you know, their product, like the, you know, products like this, or, or their players, you know, kind of, and their teams, you know, the Padres, yeah, they, you know, one of the top teams, they got so much young talent. You would think, it, you know, the sport would love to promote them, and, and but and they're not, they're not great at doing that. So, um, you know, you kind of wish, because they, you know, we talked about it, they they have to grow their game, and, you know, you, you hope that they try to expand off of what Joe Musgrove had, you know, did Friday night, but, you know, they really didn't do a ton, unfortunately. Oh, oh no, no, no! But we just we hope it we hope it ends up expanding. I mean, yeah, I mean, it just the, the thing was is you know the Rangers are not a great team, not a great offensive team. But you know we hope, but you know we hope that eventually you know because the Padres are a big team that that somehow the, the story the story could grow. But yeah, it was, it was you're right. It was a story on Friday night, and it's not really been talked about uh, it, it really after Saturday Saturday or Sunday. Even though I wrote an article about it after Saturday or Sunday, it really wasn't talked about after that. Yeah, it's a, and that's the unfortunate thing, you know, and, and you know, that's where baseball is lacking, you know. It, you know, you see the NFL, you know, I don't know the NFL is different because it's once a week, you know, but, you know, NBA, you know, highlights, you see it there for a few days. But, yeah, something, you know, something baseball, it dies down in a day or so. So, yeah, it's the unfortunate, it's the unfortunate thing. And baseball is kind of has to try to find a way to promote, you know, what Joe Musgrove, you know, when guys do throw no hitters or perfect games or a team like the Padres, you know, with, with Tatis, like you should be one. I know Tatis is hurt, but yeah, you want to be showcasing the Padres and your top guys and your top stories. And they're just not very good at it. You know, um, and, and talking about that, I guess Rob Manfred's actually at the uh, Toronto Yankee game today. Oh, really? Well, talking what's he doing there? I'm oh, talking about it. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. so as we talk about him, gotcha. Nice, nice, nice. He's got to be. He's got to be promoting. He's got to get out there. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, he, he's not very good at that. But you hope at some point he kind of figures it out that they, they they need to grow their game. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So we're going to shift over though to the Masters this weekend, and and uh, Hideki Matsuzama. Won the Masters. Uh, the thing was, he won by one stroke. We didn't really feel like it. It felt like you know he was he he was pretty much in control the entire way. He missed that. He missed that. Uh, he missed that short putt there, and then then he ended up putting it in, and he won. And he won the Masters. He ended. He ended. He ended the tournament ten under par. Uh, Jordan Spieth ended up in fourth, uh, seven under par. Uh, Justin Rose five under par. So this was not a not 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 a, not a high, highly rated Masters. I, this is probably I heard this had some of the lowest ratings yeah. <coughs> that the Masters ever had. I think one of the bit. The big reasons was is that uh, that Tiger Woods wasn't there. That's obviously the number one reason. And number the second reason was it was the second in, in pretty much a five month span of the Masters, and uh, and really you didn't have Speed, you didn't have Justin Rose, you didn't have Dust, Dustin Johnson really in it on that last day. And you need those guys, you need the big guys in it on Sunday for golf to golf to be good. I mean, no offense to Hideki Matsuzama, but you need big names to be in it for people to watch the Masters, and that's why the Masters this year had. 
probably one of the lowest ratings they've ever had is because they didn't really have big names in it. Yeah, actually, I heard uh, 1993, the lowest rating, you know, since. So Wow, wow. It's yeah. even lower than last year when there was NFL Sunday on the, on the same day as the Masters. I'm not sure. This was for the spring, so I don't know. Oh, okay, so okay, I okay. It, it was a they, I What I heard it was for the spring Masters, so I, I think it was probably lower in the fall, but I'm not sure. I should probably actually look that up. But, um, yeah, it wasn't really, you know, it didn't go down, it, you know, Shaffley had that terrible hole on um what was it, 16 or 17, um uh, where yeah triple bogeyed or whatever um and then uh, yeah and then kind of felt like it was over um on 18 when Matsuzama on that drive um on 18 because that 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 hole is well actually the whole course is narrow but how narrow 18 was and he you know split it perfectly it kind of felt right there if you get on the green it was over so yeah it wasn't. They come down the wire and definitely, yeah, it hurt not having, you know, obviously the unfortunate incident, you know, with Tiger. Yeah, you know, um, you know, Dustin Johnson wasn't in it. Rose were kind of out of it. So, yeah, it was very unfortunate. You know, I did watch a lot of it still. Um, but, yeah, it just wasn't entertaining because it felt, it felt like too, you know, like the last four, you know, like – Last four or five years too. It seems like there's been a couple of um, playoff rounds too, whatever they call it. So like it seems like it's gone down the wire in the last kind of few years. But yeah, this year it really didn't. It kind of felt like it was over. You know, 16, 17 felt like you know Matsuzawa pretty much had it as long as he didn't self-destruct. Yeah, I mean he almost kind of self-destructed there with that yeah. with that miss putt with that miss putt. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he didn't. He was pretty much in control the whole way. And grass to him. I mean, I mean, yeah. grass to him on getting and winning the Masters. I mean, really good accomplishment for him. But yeah, it's just was the Masters just wasn't what like what a Masters Sunday would normally be. You know, with a Tiger, with a with a Speed, with a uh, with a Dustin Johnson, or even back even back in the days of Phil Mickelson or Roy McIlroy. It wasn't what a true Masters Sunday would be because of the lack of big names being in it uh, late in the turn late in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, one hundred. Yeah, one hundred percent. You didn't have any of the guys. And the second place guy was, you know, the amateur. Um, Will um, Zaragowski, I think his name was. Um, you know, I, I was actually uh, cheering for him because you know he looked like the caddy from uh, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, nice, he, yeah, he looked yeah, like yeah. so. That's what he yeah. looked. Like, so I was kind of cheering for him. Um, so yeah, um, I so yeah, you know, that's your first and second place guy. I know Matsuzama was not. It's not a very popular name. Now he is for winning the Masters, but yeah, he's not a top name pro guy. So yeah, it's that's kind of what hurt it. And you know, I, I look in it. You know, if Dustin Johnson or, or you know Rose or one of those big names or Spieth was kind of, you know, yeah, sitting number one, even maybe with a two or you know two or three stroke lead, you probably do get some more viewer viewers. But yeah, with being at Matsuzama and then Will's. Derek Ossie sitting there at two, you know, congrats to him to finishing second still in the Masters. But, yeah, it just – it didn't bring enough followers, and that's the unfortunate thing, you know. Um, I thought maybe, maybe you know, being back in April, um, with the NBA and NHL kind of still having a month left in the season, maybe they get some more, more eyeballs on it. But, yeah, unfortunately, it still didn't really pan out for him. No, 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 no. Nope, not at all. Not, not at all this year. I mean, and, and obviously not having Tiger in the big names was the biggest reason.
but we got to wrap up the show talking about a little bit of NHL. We're actually talking some hockey. We haven't talked mm-hmm. hockey in a while on this show because, you know, a local team got a pretty good player and the Bruins traded for a Taylor Hall on, a, on, on Monday. So we'll talk about that. I remember he played, he played, he was, he was, he was on the Devils. Now he's right. Was he on the Devils? He was on the Devils. And now he, he, was, he got traded. Then he was on the Sabres. And now he's on the Bruins. But Justin, here's the, here's the big question. Do you think the Bruins with this move are they as good as the as the Capitals, as the Islanders, as the Penguins, or as the uh, or as the Maple Leafs in the Eastern Conference? Where does this move put the Bruins in the Eastern Conference? I think because it's a lot too. They're really banged up too. The team. I think you know, um, you're supposed to come back. Raz supposed to come back very soon. So I think they get healthy and they get you know they still have another month. I think you know they played the Capitals pretty tough. They've struggled against the Islanders this year. Uh, obviously they haven't played anybody outside the division, so they haven't played Toronto yet or any of those guys. Um, but I think this is a team that they have with their core. They, they know how to get to the cup. So I think they can. And last night, um, I think there was a jolt between those guys. I think, um, there was a jolt that they got Taylor Hall, that they got, um, Lazar that they got Mike Riley because they looked a little bit better last night. They beat Buffalo 3-2 in a shootout. Um, but I, I think, you know, this is a team right now, they're fourth. I think they're, you know, they're fourth in their division. Um, they saw the Capitals, I believe, two more times. Um, but they're six points – or they're six points back of the Penguins. So it's going to be tough left – tough to um, catch up to the, to the um, Penguins here for third. I think they could give the I, – I like the way they played against the Caps. They played them tough this year. So I think they, they have a shot to knock off the Capitals. But if they get healthy, <laughs> Taylor Hall hasn't been – I think Hall's kind of had a rough year. You know, they had the COVID shutdown early. Their coach got fired. They were on a 17-game losing streak. Like, I, you know, I, I think for Taylor, it's kind of been a down year. And I think it's been kind of tougher to get going. He wants to be in Boston for the long run here. So I, I think he's going to be really motivated to come out really, you know, because he was on a one-year deal. He's on a one-year deal right now. So I think they could give, um, you know, I think they could give the Capitals a, a run for the money. I think they could be a really tough four seed uh, for the Washington Capitals. And Aaron Judge just hit his second solo shot of the day. So oh, nice, nice. Now. So 3-2. Okay. Yeah, I mean, do, do you think they have a shot to get to the finals this year, the Bruins? Ah, if Paul can get scoring, because they they're you know they're only averaging like two point four goals a game, the Bruins, which is like twentieth in the league. So if he can come in, he's only got two goals on the year. He's two goals, nineteen assists. So if he can kind of be a scorer, you know, get him some goals, because that's kind of been what's what's been struggling for him right now. So if he can kind of be a goal scorer, you know, um, get hot. I think they could have a change with the core that they with they still have Pasternak, they still have um, Bergeron, they still have those guys. So they, you know, they, and Dan Marshan, Dan Marshan too, right? Yeah, they have Marshan too. They I still got that core, even some of that core yeah. that won the cup in 2011. Yeah, so it's like they've been there, you know, and they've been at two other cups in 13 and 19. 19. Yeah, so they know how to get there. You know, that core knows how to get there. So I think they could be a stingy team. It's just they've been banged. Their back end, their defense has just been banged up all year. Uh, but if they get healthy, I think they could be. A, I think they do have a shot with their core. I, I think those core guys, um, again, with the Islanders, the Islanders have been good, but it's a team. They, they had playoff experience last year. 
Um, obviously, the Penguins, you know, they got Jeff Carter from L.A., and they still have Crosby, but um, I could definitely see them making – I could see them making a run um, to the finals. If they if they can get hot and they can start, start going offensively, I, I you know, there's no, there's no reason why they can't. We'll see what happens. You know, the playoffs start, you know, the end of May, just like with the NBA. So we'll see what happens there. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R&J. For our producer, Jace Garcia, who did a great job. For Justin D'Onofrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking any NFL news that comes our way, NBA, and the Yanks and Sox. Have a great weekend, everyone. Hi, my name is Zach LaPlante. Have you ever imagined about starting your own podcast or radio show to voice your opinion and share your passions with others? You think to yourself, how would I even start something like that? I don't have any equipment or any experience whatsoever. Well, look no further. The folks at Clovercrest Media got you covered. Clovercrest Media Group is home to over 30 individual podcasts. Like Divide We Stand, I'll Piss You Off Shortly, Speaking It Real, and so much more. At Clovercrest, our sound engineers only believe in the best sounding audio quality and their expertise will make your podcast sound professional and pleasing to your viewers. As a media group, we are obliged to every type of media available, including, but not limited to, video, audio, photography, and digital media marketing, as well as live streaming, and so much more. As we say here at CMG, the harder we work, the luckier we'll get. To jumpstart your podcast or program, Go to clovercrestmedia.com and get to recording today.